0: Chapter 1, Looking Back Everyone faces struggle in life, some more than others, sometimes differently than we expect. Whether it's the loss of a loved one, a business failure, an unexpected illness, a relationship challenge, financial ruin, or any other difficulty we might face, like death and taxes, struggle is inevitable in our lifetime. It's not a question of if a struggle will come, it's a question of when and what form it will take. What lessons can we learn from facing challenging times? What lessons can we learn from others who have faced tough times or are facing them now? Before early 2019, I never asked myself these questions. At least, I never asked them seriously. I never really had to. Up until that moment, I felt fortunate. Sure, there were plenty of small challenges along the way, but nothing ever felt insurmountable. I was 31 years old. During the prior year, I married Janelle, the love of my life. Besides getting married, I sold a company in 2017 that I had helped it alongside two partners for tens of millions of dollars. We began building this business from the ground up in 2014 and helped many people in the process. As a result of the business sale, I had millions in the bank as well as other illiquid but valuable assets in my portfolio. I'd grown used to living as a millionaire, which I'd become by the time I had turned 27. I didn't define my life by money. Money comes and goes. Instead, I valued the pursuit of my dreams. I've always dreamed of creating businesses that changed lives and positively impacted my community and others around me. Money is simply a tool. We can use it as a kind of measuring stick to determine whether we've created value or not. I've always strived to add as much value to the world as possible. As any experienced business person will understand, the road to both paper wealth and then tangible liquid wealth is long, bumpy, and uncertain. I didn't grow up craving money at least not in the traditional sense. It wasn't my goal to create wealth so that I could retire young and sit on a sandy beach somewhere. From my perspective, money serves as a tool. If I used capital well, it would grow and amplify my ability to change lives. By perfecting the ability to utilize this tool, I could change the world and create wealth along the way. It might be difficult for some people to acknowledge, but without money, we simply cannot solve problems effectively. Rather than resting on funds in my bank account, I planned to use my newly liquid financial resources to build the next chapter of my career. Since my early youth, I always dreamed of building great businesses. Building businesses and creating jobs kept me going. By planting and nurturing seeds, I felt as if I was contributing. I wanted to live productively and with purpose. Before I signed the documents to sell our company, I had already begun working to identify my next venture. Having exited an incredibly stressful business in the healthcare industry, I started searching for something a bit less dramatic. I wanted to find a business that met a specific criteria. Company would have to show a history of offering something that added significant value, but without so many moving parts. I wanted to own a business that was much simpler to operate than where I'd been working. In my prior business, every case was quite literally life or death, and I took that burden very personally. Our failures weighed on me heavily, and still do to this day. While searching for that next opportunity, I met with the founders of a company that had caught my attention. In learning what they had built, I spotted an opportunity. I could use the skills I had developed to grow this venture rapidly. It also helped that it was already growing steadily on its own. I quickly made an offer to acquire 100% of their company and identified a potential CEO to handle the operations. I would serve as the chairman, advisor, and controlling shareholder. Structuring deals, building value, creating jobs, and growing a sustainable asset base fulfilled career ambitions that had motivated me since I was very young. My life seemed to be moving along well, consistent with what I considered to be a well-laid plan. Progress had been a series of incremental steps over many years. Steps I took in childhood opened opportunities in high school, then opportunities I seized in high school led to more growth in college. Further preparations led to a series of career advancements, Business successes at one stage led to a growing network and new opportunities. With my wife by my side, I saw promise ahead. Then, as life tends to do, I was hit with something completely unexpected and traumatic. I went from planning the next steps in my life to endless stress, fear, and a total loss of confidence. Events change unexpectedly in the spring of 2018. While I was out of town raising capital for a separate but new venture, I got an unexpected call. One of the partners at the wealth management firm where I kept the vast majority of my liquid assets called me. He told me the firm had received a call from the legal department of my brokerage house. That legal team issued a directive saying that they would not allow any funds to flow out of the account and that they would not provide any more information. What? I didn't know the bank or anyone had the power to freeze my assets. Why would the bank freeze my money in the first place? To learn more about what was going on, I called my lawyer. After making some inquiries, we discovered that government authorities were investigating me for crimes related to the businesses my partners and I had recently sold. As events unfolded in the months ahead, I faced levels of stress and anxiety that are difficult to describe. I found myself randomly short of breath and dealing with fear unlike any I experienced before in my my young life. I struggled with the embarrassment that I might face and the potential damage to the otherwise outstanding reputation I had built. More important than anything, I worried that this setback could lead to the loss of my marriage. Immediately, I realized the implications. Without access to financial resources, everything I built could implode. Since I'd been using money as a tool, the bankers and I had worked together to structure loans to cover tax obligations. If my assets were frozen, I wouldn't be able to service those loans. The asset freeze would expose me to a cash crunch that could impact my ability to take care of my family. After a great deal of legal work and briefings with my lawyer, we discovered that a few of the executives associated with the company had committed crimes behind my back, but the government believed that I had enough—that they had enough evidence to suggest that I was involved, or at least should have known what was going on. Although I always conducted myself professionally, often seeking the advice of lawyers and industry experts to validate the ethics and legality of my decisions, others with whom I worked did not. Conversations with my lawyer helped me to realize that I had missed something along the way. As a result of my big fancy title and large equity stake in the company, authorities considered me a target of the government investigation. Our business was in the healthcare space, providing treatment to people that suffered from substance abuse. We did great work, and our rapidly growing company helped many, many people. Reasons that I'll elaborate on as we get further into the story, the business we built meant a great deal to me healthcare industry, as over regulated as it is, sometimes lacks regular regulatory clarity. Rules and regulations are complex and ever changing, and far from black and white. To further complicate matters, authority vendors can interpret rules differently. One lawyer may declare a policy legal, while another lawyer may see illegalities in the very same directive. This experience has taught me a great deal, and my goal for this book is to pass on what I've learned along to others so they can hopefully avoid the mistakes that I made along the way. When building a business or a career, it is crucial to learn about the risks. Authority figures consider this, concern themselves with the law and how they interpret the law. When they determine that violations of the law have occurred, they will prosecute, regardless of the participant's good intentions. As an officer of the corporation, I had a responsibility to know about any violations of law. Since I didn't associate with people that broke the law, and I didn't knowingly ever break the law, I didn't think I was at personal risk. But news of the investigation terrified me. Although I always carried myself with the highest degree of transparency and professionalism, the government investigation threatened everything I held dear in my life. Every lawyer with whom I communicated told me that this would all turn out okay. Their words did not comfort me. I've always had a level of distrust with lawyers, and you should too. I couldn't sleep at night. I would drive down the road in days, realizing all of the ways that this struggle could derail all I'd been trying to build. When I began to consider that it wasn't only my money on the line, that I could also fa- face the loss of my liberty, I really started to lose it. I immediately began to reflect on all of the real work and impact we had had on other people, taking stock of our journey to grow a business that was responsible for saving and improving so many lives. I didn't understand how others could misconstrue the company I had helped build, or how I could or would commit any crime. I thought about my career choices. I left a thriving career in finance to take on this opportunity, partnering with people whom I truly believed were honest and experienced. I second-guessed every decision I had made in the past. Since I wasn't involved in the operations of the company, I couldn't see how others could hold me responsible. My role was explicitly limited to financial matters. I reflected on memories of when this company was just an idea and felt the excitement that I had back then. The Sobering reality of what I faced in light of this investigation felt quite different. That feeling left me with a sense of helplessness and despair. I couldn't get a handle on whether my future was bright with opportunity or filled with years of loss and heartache. Lessons from Struggle The thought of potentially being separated from my family and community was crippling but I had to keep setbacks in perspective. I would have to climb my way out of this challenge. Regardless of what happened, I had to find some way to create meaning and relevance in life. I had to confront reality as it stood before me. A criminal conviction would put a huge blemish on my resume and on my prospects for continuing a career in business, particularly in Philadelphia, where the business community is a good old boys club, and once you're out, you're out. After sulking in misery for a few weeks, I decided to be proactive. I would not allow this setback to define my life. After all, we cannot rewind the clock, but we can always change our future. I was ready to fight back, and I always excel under pressure. How would I recover from this setback? What lessons could I learn from this experience? Would there be any possible way of turning this struggle into an opportunity? How could I give back and educate others on the perils of making lousy partnership decisions? Those were the kinds of questions that helped me recalibrate after learning about my exposure to a criminal proceeding. Over the years, I honed an ability to ask the right questions about business opportunities and problems in general. This technique of thinking and questioning can help anyone to assess opportunities better. What types of changes could we make to get the outcome we wanted? What if we took this problem and looked at it differently? How can we use challenges to our advantage? I knew that by asking the right questions, I could put myself on a pathway of restoring confidence, creating a path, and getting back on track. I believe that anyone facing struggle could use this same strategy. Regardless of where we are now, we can always pause and consider what we'd like to achieve in the future. Given the circumstances at hand, what can we do to change direction or move closer to what we'd like to become? In that way, living is like running a business, the business of our life. All of us must invest time, energy, and resources into our mindset. It's somewhat cliche, but our mindset in business and in life lays the foundation for everything. We must think about how we can reframe the challenges we face into opportunities. We must be fearless in the pursuit of a brighter future. Each of us is the CEO of our own life. At any time, we can make decisions that will lead to something better. I wanted to move beyond feeling helpless and sorry for myself. I started thinking about what changes I could make to get back on track. While waiting for legal proceedings to run their course, I wanted to do something meaningful. Instead, I would turn my focus on reflecting upon the last few years of my life, both personally and professionally. I turned to writing, wanting to spread awareness and teach others about the struggles I faced and how I was determined to overcome them. I wanted to create teaching tools, these tools that could help more people learn techniques to become the CEO of their life. The book you are reading right now, and the associated course, is the result of that effort. Some may think it is presumptuous to begin writing a book while in a criminal investigation, and they're probably correct. But I needed to do something. I needed to take an action step. I wanted to feel as if I were contributing to society. Like all people, I have flaws, weaknesses, and shortcomings. Frankly, I have many of them. Before the investigation, I succeeded in many ways. Yet we learned our greatest lessons from the struggles we face, not from our greatest successes. When we're challenged, we learn the most about ourselves and our abilities. As crazy as it might sound, this lesson of a government investigation would present opportunities. I could use the lessons I'd learned to teach others. In my view, when we teach others, we're contributing, and I needed to contribute. Perspective is everything in life, yet significant challenges can sometimes cloud our judgment or shake our confidence. We strengthen ourselves when we learn how to remove these clouds. Reframing our perspective can help us overcome challenges. We're all shaped by our life experiences. Some people lack stability or guidance from role models and mentors. Without guidance from mentors, people may not appreciate the value of education or lessons in leadership others might face discrimination in virtually every area of life those challenges frame the way they look at the world besides people that struggle with financial challenges many others have a hard time adjusting to our society complexities can surface complexities can surface that make life difficult for anyone even people that come from privilege ask me how i know i grew up in an incredibly loving family feeling encouraged and nurtured every step of the way I've always been very family-oriented and had a great relationship with all of my immediate family members, but especially my parents. Even as a kid, I would rather spend time with the adults instead of playing with the other children. I always found their stories fascinating, especially stories about business. As I'll explain in the chapters ahead, a close relationship with my father shaped the way I looked at the world. He influenced the books I read, the friends I chose, and the way I spent my time. My sister Brittany, whom I love dearly, grew up in the same household. Rather than enjoying a life of meaning and fulfillment, she struggled. When she was only 14, I watched her begin to suffer from mental health complications that led to anorexia. She dealt with this challenge for years. My parents, as loving and as caring as they are, did everything they could to get her the best care possible. None of their help seemed to work in the long run. As Brittany grew older, she got involved with drugs. Substance abuse complicated her life. I felt helpless because I didn't know how to reach her. I didn't know how to break her away from people that had such a bad influence on her. One reason I switched my career in finance to building treatment centers centered around my love for Brittany and my parents. I also grew up in the generation that continues to be ravaged by this disease. Many classmates and acquaintances died of the disease during my adolescence, some of them my friends. I remember wondering toward the end of high school, why is no one doing anything about this? Having lived with the pain of substance abuse in the family, I wanted to do something. If we could create a business to help people get over such a debilitating disease, we'd accomplish something amazing. We'd save families from enduring pain, and we would save lives. I love my sister very much, as all of us want to help the people we love, and I always tried to show my... Wow. I love my sister very much, as all of us want to help the people we love, and I always tried to show my sister a better way. Unfortunately, our decisions have lasting consequences. We predicate our choices on the way we think at a given stage of life. I could not grasp how my sister could allow drugs to have such a devastating hold on her life. Yet I believe that if she could see a better way, she could find the strength within to change. Just as she learned to find pleasure in drugs, I wanted to believe she could learn a healthier, more productive way of living. I'm a big believer in this concept of mindset mindset and thinking. If we can change the way we think, we can improve our life. Life choices are about how we see the world. Anyone can make decisions that lead to new opportunities or to seize existing opportunities. Once I became trapped in a criminal legal proceeding, I knew that I had to recalibrate. I had to start making better decisions. If I were going to overcome the setback of a possible prison term, as well as the financial and reputational damage that would come along with a conviction, I would have to train myself to think differently. I would have to strengthen my mindset. I could not allow the victim mentality to hold me down. I had to become the captain of my ship, making decisions that would steer me out from the storm. Do you believe you're a victim of your life? Mindset. All human beings experience and face setbacks, regardless of where we come from, our economic status, our education level, our resources, our age, we all endure setbacks. At one time or another, life will not go our way. Today, with social media, many people feel compelled to falsify and hide their struggles. Yet, hiding isn't a pathway to confidence or prosperity. We grow stronger by taking deliberate action steps, not by measuring how many followers we have on social media. We can choose how we're going to look at setbacks. If We, we can choose how we're going to look at setbacks. If we waste energy complaining about things not being fair or not being our fault, We squander our energy and waste an opportunity. There is a better approach. We can look at our circumstances from a position of strength. We can work deliberately to improve our situation. When I first learned that authorities froze my investment account, I struggled with the competing emotions of fear and anger. When I learned that I could face criminal charges or potentially go to prison, I felt outraged and terrified. From my perspective, I couldn't see how anyone could hold me responsible for what others had done. At the time, from my perspective, I knew that I'd done my job well and in a compliant manner. I didn't see how anyone could hold me responsible for bad decisions that my partners or others made, especially since I still wasn't clear about what they did. Like some people that get blinded by a problem, I wanted to blame external forces for the challenges I faced, and I realized that such a mindset would not help me get past the obstacle. Rather than empowering me, such a mindset would make me a victim as if others had some level of control over what I was or what I would become. Although it was difficult to do so, I had to change my mindset. Instead of complaining about my predicament, I had to do something productive. I needed to find a way to do something positive. Present circumstances wouldn't allow me to apply myself fully to building companies, but complaining about that change wouldn't get me anywhere. I chose to start writing about mindset, creating lessons I could use to teach others. I wanted to show other people how to think differently. It would be one way that I could contribute to the world, even while I felt exposed to challenges that could lead to prison. As you'll hear me repeatedly say, I'll never ask anyone to do or say anything that I'm not doing. When challenges strike us, it is absolutely critical that we recalibrate. We've got to find a new way to make life happen. In the chapters that follow, I'll reveal more details about the development of my career. The thumbnail version is that I had a challenging start after college, but I eventually managed to maneuver my way into my dream job with an incredible mentor that changed my life forever. In that dream role, I relied upon my previous training to build and maintain a portfolio of private equity investments. I worked directly with the CEOs and executives of companies, helping them navigate their challenges and achieve objectives. It was incredibly fascinating work by studying assets and learning how components would work together, we could find ways to make improvements and create value. We could assess our options with what-if questions. What if we did things differently? Could we create more value for the shareholders? Through the work of asking the right questions, we could determine whether it made sense to buy companies, to sell companies, or to work out deals to refinance or merge companies. For every company we wanted to buy, another group wanted to sell. Likewise, for every company we wanted to sell, another group wanted saw an opportunity to buy. We created value through perspective, through how we looked at the world and how we assessed opportunities and risk. I'll always remember a quote by Henry Ford, the well-known industrialist famous for building Ford Motors. He said there were two types of people, those that thought they could and those that thought they couldn't. Both people were right. What was he saying? Henry Ford taught us that the way we look at the world influences the opportunities we create. Few people realize that Henry Ford failed multiple times before he succeeded. He could barely raise the funding to start Ford Motor Company because he had a horrible track record. Ford refused to allow failure to define him. With a can-do mindset, he fundamentally changed transportation It changed the world. When I faced my struggle, I had to make choice. When I faced my struggle, I had to make a choice. I could complain about the government invest. I could complain. When I faced my struggle, I had to make a choice. I could complain about how the government investigation wasn't fair, or I could think differently. I could show others an alternative way of responding to struggle. Rather than complaining, I would use my challenge to build a platform that would help me teach and bring value to the lives of other people who are living with struggle. I'm not deluding myself. I realize that the challenges I face might not compare to what others are going through and I'm not going to question the validity of such positions. Through this book, I'm only striving to show that if we can develop a more positive mindset, we can restore confidence. Factors from the past may exist that influence where we are right now, but at any time, we can begin pursuing a different course of action. Never let your past define your future. To the extent that we define success, we begin spotting opportunities to create value even if we have to start from an awkward position. One lesson I promise, and I invite you to hold me accountable, I pledge 100% honesty and transparency in this work, as I've always tried in my personal and professional life. I will show the strategies I use to build my career, the stumbles I've had along the way, and the approach I'm taking to stand up and rebuild. I hope that through these efforts, others will find lessons that they can use in their life to grow stronger, just as I'm trying to do right now. In working through these lessons, readers will empower themselves. They'll learn how to make value-based, goal-oriented decisions. The exercises that follow each chapter will strengthen critical thinking skills, helping people understand the opportunities and threats associated with every decision. These skills empower us. They help us guard against the types of bad decisions that could eviscerate careers, businesses, and families. Introspection Introspection healing i think starts with reflection to build the future we want we need to look back life is a journey and it's filled with twists turns and forks in the road every decision we make leads to a new opportunity that can advance us toward an outcome our lives are simply the composition of every choice that we have made up our lives are simply the composition of every choice that we have made up until that specific point in time Through our choices, we influence whether we'll succeed or fail. The wrong choices can lead us down a path with fewer opportunities, threatening our prospects for the fulfilling life we all desire. By reflecting on our past decisions, we get a better understanding of how earlier decisions led to where we are today. This exercise in reflection or introspection can reframe our perspective. It can allow us to have that aha moment where we see a connection that we might have missed. Some of the most successful people I know have an incredible ability to connect dots that appear on the surface to have no connection. They create solutions from what others see as problems. We are where we are today because of the decisions we made yesterday. Similarly, the choices we are making today can have a massive influence on what we become tomorrow. I didn't set out to ignore responsibilities, violate a code of ethics, or break laws. My only motivation was building a business that I believed could contribute to society in positive ways and save people's lives. Every patient we treated reminded me of my sister or friends or acquaintances and their families that suffered from the disease. I wanted to create value for the lives of others, both through the services we provided and by the jobs we created. Yet somehow, decisions I made along the way resulted in authorities targeting me for criminal prosecution. I didn't know why, so I needed to think about what responsibility did I have for the problems that I faced. My natural inclination was to not to deny that I had done anything wrong. From my perspective, I couldn't even see the evidence that would lead people to believe that I broke the law. I had to change my mindset. By looking back, I saw things from a different perspective. I remember signs that I should have, that should have influenced my thinking. That perspective helped me ask new questions. At what stage could I have done things differently? What could I have done along the way that would have led to a different outcome? Could I have asked better questions? Anyone can engage in this kind of reflection. It's an exercise that shapes our perspective. It's an exercise that can help us build a stronger mindset. We all should introspect regularly. By asking questions, we find answers. We learn lessons about how we advance from one stage in our life to the next. This process of deliberating issues and answering questions honestly helps us connect those dots. The more time we introspect, the better we can prepare ourselves to course correct. As the captain of my ship, I knew that I needed to course correct. Although we may fall off course at any time, we can always adjust. When we reflect on how past decisions influenced where we are, and we project where our choices will lead, we can assess our progress. This critical thinking strategy makes us more capable of self-directing our way to success. Success as a process, I'm convinced, can help us reach incrementally higher levels. Regardless of where we start, we can always make decisions to advance and reach a higher path. Where we, are, we are who we are today because of the series of decisions we made yesterday and the days before. The good news is that at any time, we can start making better decisions, regardless of where we are we can begin to engineer a pathway that will help us navigate the next chapter of our life. Defining success is an excellent way to start. How do you define success?